Hey, Yellowstone listeners, this is Caroline. And this is Mike. If you guys are enjoying our Yellowstone podcast, then we invite you to come check out our 1883 podcast. Each week, Caroline and me are going to be breaking down Taylor Sheridan's brand new prequel series to Yellowstone 1883. We're going to have interviews with cast members. We're going to be doing deep dives into the lore. We're going to be connecting it to Yellowstone. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come take a trip into the past with us, 138 years, and experience the Wild West of 1883. Clubhouse. I care about you. I care about Casey. I care about Rip. Well, if you care about them, then you need to care about having some morality in the way you fight. There is no such thing, not in a kingdom. And that's what this is. There is no morality here, Dad. None. There is keep the kingdom or there is lose the kingdom. Or break your fucking promise, Dad. Break it and sell this place. Take the money, buy up half of Oklahoma and run cattle for the next 20 generations where no one gives a fuck about you or your land. My kingdom, my rules, we fight with dignity, you aren't. You start or find another fight. What does that mean? I'm saying no more collateral damage, you understand me? We don't kill sheep, we kill wolves. everybody, this is Steph. And this is Sheila. And welcome to Pod Clubhouse's coverage of Yellowstone Season 4. Today we're talking about Episode 9, which is titled No Such Thing as Fair. Welcome back, Sheila. Thank you very much. We have no special guests joining us this week, but we are getting geared up for next week for the season finale already. I can't believe it. Ten weeks has flown by, for sure. I know. So Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. That was just yesterday. Um, so we're excited to be here back with you. And for episode nine, this this was this one was tense. Like if y'all ain't paying attention, you got yeah. the tone of this episode in the first 10 seconds with, with the conversation with Beth and Rip. No? What did you think? Yeah. I mean, this one blew my mind as far as these conversations between these main characters. I was like, what is happening here? Like everybody is falling apart. And not in a super, you know, dramatic, like explosion killing kind of way, but in an even more dramatic way, if you think about it. Well, the subtlety that's happening here with these characters falling apart, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And believe it or not, it's more emotionally exhausting to watch mm-hmm. this type of an episode. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it in where, you know, last episode I was talking about sexy takedowns. Like, yes, you're t- you're emotionally spent from watching that, but at the same time, like your adrenaline is, is pumped. Yeah. But this is a little bit worse because it's a war of words. It's a war of emotions. But the damage... Which is like, yeah, which is more tense sometimes, like the more like painful. It's much more painful. Right. So the damage yeah. I feel like is, is there's more inflicted when you have this war of words and you have this tension, this emotion that's happening. And then the end of this episode, I don't know about you, but I was just like, Ugh! oh, my God. Like, uh, yeah. So obviously <laughs> we're, we're setting the scene uh, for the season finale. So all the characters are getting into place. 
for what their final steps this season are going to be. And I got to tell you, at the end of this episode, if if you weren't feeling like gutted and in a very uncomfortable yes, position, uncomfortable. you have not been paying close enough attention. So right. um, I watched this episode a bunch of times because I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something in the nuances because body language here was important. Yeah, Facial expressions was even more important. And sort of like the void in between people of what was said and not said between Garrett yeah. and John. I will talk about that because I was like, oh, my God, it happened. Like, there's I this- know he saw him at the do- I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's just so much to take in. I agree. Like, I wanted to watch this episode so many times just to understand each conversation separately because it was a lot. It was in terms of like these so family emotions so and then not not to mention just what happened between Beth and John which was for me a oh my ne- God. never Huge. event almost a- like agreed this, never a never event and it happened never saw that coming no um so. th- this, it's like if anyone so on your bingo cards <laughs> your yeah, right? bingo cards whoever had you know John throws Beth out of the house you, you definitely win? get bingo <laughs> for sure uh, oh but gosh. do you really win hmm, that's a head scratcher no. <laughs> no I feel like nobody wins here and this is this is I don't know about you but I am just now jazzed and excited for episode 10 because it just I need the resolution, even if it's a bad resolution. I just need right? to come out of this little trough, emotional trough that we're sitting in here because this one was just bad for everybody. Yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, starting off opening scene, Beth is mad at Rip. I was I was immediately like, what? Oh, no. Wait, why? Like, it, I didn't put together like why she would be mad at him. But I thought, oh, no, this is bad. Like, if right. she's not even like touching you. Yeah, she's, you know, every other time that we've seen the two of these, you know, in bed, it's like, Beth, I got to get up. No, you've got 15 more minutes and she's engaging him. Right. But this one, she pulled away, pulled the covers. This was very different of an attitude and a tone. And I wasn't quite picking up on it at the same time. And then when she started, I thought she was like sleep talking or something like that. But no, she was (laughs) awake because she was fully aware of what she was saying. And yeah, I just, I, oh, I just did not like this entire conversation. So initially we found out later in this, you know, her conversation with John, like what she was thinking. But I thought to myself, like, why is she so mad at him for doing that? Is it because of he can't win the governor race because he was involved in a shootout? Like I was thinking more surface level of it. Like I didn't understand why she would be so upset that John walked into this diner. And yeah, like why she didn't care that Rip did. You know, right. and he and he he's like, great, thanks too. for caring about me. Like, geez. But I'm going to go back to something that he said here that, you know, he warns her that, you know, what she's worried about with John happens to us all. And she's like, oh, that's not going to happen to you. But there was just an ominous overtone here because, again, we're at season four, episode nine. And, you know, last season at this time, nobody believed that there was going to be a shootout. Yeah. Of the Duttons. So like, I feel like all bets are off. And like, I did not like, I even wrote in my notes. I'm like, I I just don't like that (laughs) at all. (laughs) I just don't like that because there's too many wild cards that are allowed to play out now because you've almost killed off the entire Dutton family in a hit last season. And miraculously they survived. But the fact that they went that far, um, Mm -hmm. it just worries me for what the next 45 minutes to an hour of this show are going to bring us if you're having this little harbinger statement from rip saying you know well what happens there happens to us all i'm like oh 
it's just just yeah it's leaving the door too open for me and i'm not a fan of it you know you and i have been you know we're so into this show and so deep in watching each episode so many times that sometimes we pick up on things and we're able to kind of like predict but i feel very lost like i don't I have no clue what's coming next. Like I do not feel comfortable wagering it, anything. Exactly. Right yeah. now. I'm going to call it now at, you know, minute seven in the podcast where I refuse to predict what's going to happen next yeah. episode. I have no idea where we're going with this. And it's scary. I'm just, I'm <laughs> very here for, scary. right now. I'm just here for the ride because, you know, this yeah. is something that we do and we do it, very, you know, we take this very seriously and we do spend a lot of time at this. So for us to come out here and be like, mm, we're not not even going to ha- like hazard a guess tells yeah. you well, a we haven't seen the season finale yet no. um and b we're just i don't trust you taylor sheridan i don't <laughs> trust you <laughs> you uh you, you know you, you brought everyone back from the brink but at the same time there's a lot out there that we still don't know and we mm-hmm. don't know what what the information that as it comes out as it plays out quickly in the next episode what that's going to do to these characters because right now they're all wound so tightly and the spring is going to spring at any point on any of these characters i read an interview this week an article with taylor sheridan and he was saying that you know he gets a lot of criticism for the way he writes yellowstone and and that it just doesn't follow like a typical successful plot line. And, and that's what he likes about it. Like he's like, I just like taking it wherever I'm going to take it and not having like, oh, we don't jump timelines or this, but we do. You know, he's like, we can pick up a minute later or we can pick up six months later. And he's he's he specifically like kind of does that. And it works. I mean, he definitely has us like a little lost here. Like there's no telling what's coming next. And some people don't like that, I guess, about the show, but a lot of people do, obviously, because this is like, you know, a hundred one of the most popular TV shows on well, television. But really ever, I mean, like with the numbers yeah. that this show pulls in for a cable channel, a cable new, a cable news, not cable news, <laughs> um, for a cable network show, this one pulls in just numbers that are just in the stratosphere. And yeah. you know, you sent that article as well, and I just appreciate the fact that Taylor Sheridan's like. I don't really care about my critics because there are hundreds of millions of people around the world that are enjoying yeah. what I'm putting out there. So I'm not going to change the secret sauce. It's working and, you know, thumbs his nose at the people who don't like the show. So I think there's enough of you out there that are in support of Taylor's philosophy that uh, yeah. are just as tightly wound as we are right now. Yeah, <laughs> not, right. not knowing what's coming because, again, after last season, I don't, the season finale, I don't trust you, Taylor Sheridan. I get so many, like, text messages on Sunday nights because people know that I do this podcast and so they know that I've already seen it. And so... As it's airing, I get just flooded with like, oh my God, can you believe that? Oh, you know, and I'm like, I'm not saying a word. Like, I know. Like, but people, I really... people do ask. They do ask. And it's like, yes. you know, what's going to happen? And nope, not, not Sharon. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> we're locked up. We're locked up with these secrets tighter than Terrell Riggins. Yes. Right. <laughs> locked up. Like it. Uh, um okay so i think that's a well, great intro <laughs> everyone's tense everyone yes. is now in position for where they're going to be for next episode so let's head to the four sixes what do you think yeah i am liking more and more of our jimmy screen time this season as it goes on i know at first we were like come on why are we here but I, this was a really sweet episode between jimmy and emily 
And it was just so cute. And, oh, they love each other. And I'm going to yeah. miss you. And I don't know. It just made me feel like all lovey-dovey. <laughs> I feel like And then sad. I'm like, oh, sad. he's leaving. Like, And I love what he said about Mia when she asked about the barrel racer. And I yes. thought, oh, no. I go, oh, no, don't answer that question. Right. But he had a really good observation. I think it's true is that Mia saw something in him and she just wanted him to be something different. And that Emily loves or likes him for who he is now. And that feels true in the way that this is written. And that she just likes him being there the way he is. But then she said, yeah, well, my standards are low. <laughs> well, that's oh part of God. the cute banter yeah. between them, right? Exactly. And yeah. I felt that Jimmy had a really mature take on this whole conversation because he hasn't really been mature to this point. So mm -hmm. I think what was intended to happen, and I'm going to go back a couple of episodes of our podcast when Mike was here telling us about what he thought about Jimmy's evolution here as a character becoming a cowboy and showing us that he's the real deal if he does in fact make it watching his journey. So I enjoyed the fact that we saw this maturity growing in him, This particularly this season. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like it happened kind of quickly, but I buy yeah. it. I buy it because it's authentic to who he is. And he said something here in this conversation with the two of them out under the stars, how freaking adorable that was, that she liked the potential in him. Like, that's a very mature, like, like someone has mulled over their mistakes like they have mulled yeah. over this relationship he's mourned this relationship and he's at a point now where he's able to talk intelligently about it like i felt like when he dropped the jail conversation just like an episode episode or two ago uh with emily that that was like mm, a little too fast too soon but yeah. this was a really intelligent answer this was you know, this was me, like, this was me seeing the cowboy he's becoming, this mature man, like, almost like the John Dutton, mm -hmm. less like a bunkhouse boy, more like a holistic package of a rancher, someone who's thoughtful, someone who's intelligent, not to say that the bunkhouse boys aren't intelligent, but, you know, they do get on with their antics. And I haven't seen a lot of antics at the sixes. So I'm liking where he's headed. If this is the trajectory that they're pushing him towards, like to be a rancher, to be someone on par with a John Dutton, I like it. I even made a note like, oh, look, he's like warming up the horse and he's spinning it like... Yes, like Travis does. And I thought, okay, like that he's learning, like he's he's made progress in this area. But then when he's going back to the Yellowstone, I was like, oh, like that kind of made me sad. Even though like we would kind of want him to go back. It's like and we I was sad knew, a little bit for him and Emily. Like, Yeah, yeah we kind of knew that it was going to happen. Like this was mm -hmm. a temporary assignment, but we weren't expecting the delightfulness of Emily to kind of warm his days up. Yeah. I just didn't like the fact how little communication or little respect was shown of Jimmy by not telling him that you know, this mecha horse or this major horse, whatever it was known in the rodeo circles, you know, was bought by the Dutton Ranch and he had to hear it on the loudspeaker. Also that he was heading back to the Yellowstone. It was almost like everything was like, oh, Jimmy, after the fact. Yeah. It just didn't feel that everyone else is catching up to where Jimmy is, I guess, in a no. way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still treating him like that. Like a like, like a, a hired hand. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was that I, I guess Emily has never ventured down the path of what his brand means and why he can't just contract at another ranch. Right. Uh, you know, so she 
I guess, had the respect enough to not ask him about that. Maybe assume that he got it in prison. I don't know. Um, but she just, you know, she definitely doesn't understand the binding nature of his relationship with the Yellowstone. I thought she was being understanding, though. I mean, she said I think that she, she was. respected that. And... No, I definitely agree mm-hmm. with that. But I just also don't get the feeling that even though the wait for you conversation was had, that she's going to be able to, like, pick up and leave. And I don't know what Jimmy's prospects are of being freed from his indentured servitude because it's really kind of what it is yeah the the wait for you conversation was adorable i loved it but i just i don't know i don't know where the 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 jimmy emily situation ends i definitely like her better than mia yeah i agree so i'm just hoping that this is not the end of emily they were so sweet they were how cute and this was a breath of fresh air this episode that it needed even though it was sad it just wasn't as tense Yes, yeah, everything else exactly. kind of was. So it was a little bit of a um, of a breather. It was sweet to watch. It was a good, good episode for them. But like sad to see. Yeah, I guess if Jimmy is leaving, so then what's going to happen next for them? But we'll see. I, don't, I will. Do you think he's going to be back at the Yellowstone next episode? By like, it sounds like it. Like he's going to be driving that horse back to the Yellowstone. So I, if I had to be a betting woman and the only, okay, so this is the only <laughs> prediction I'll give for next episode is that Jimmy, yes, will be back at the Yellowstone He'll because be back. Okay. some shit's going to go down and he's going to be needed. I feel like that's a long drive and these episodes seem to be like back to back. Well, you said Taylor Sheridan, the next episode could be one yeah, minute or six be, months. <laughs> it could be six months from now. Agreed. <laughs> Well, I feel like Travis just drives through the night. So, you know, they could be there yeah. by 2 He's o'clock the next now. afternoon. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. They leave, they leave bright and early. They might be there the next, you know, afternoon or so for lunchtime. Yeah. I think this was also a really big episode for Casey. But in a, in a confused, like, I have, a, I have some questions about it. Like, it feels like he's going through, like, a crossroads, like, in terms of, I wrote down ranch or reservation, question mark. It's yeah. like... Almost feels like he has to decide. Like he's got to make his choice here, right? Yeah. And I don't know why other than, I mean, I I do know why, but I'm saying like, if there's a timeline on it, it seems to be now (laughs) for whatever reason. So It's almost like he's losing the ability to be a John Dutton the longer he's away, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's embracing a lot of the native traditions the rituals he's done the sweat lodge he's done this hamblecha this um this episode mm-hmm. some of it might be to help monica in her healing from the tape trauma and also to support her in the pregnancy because it was very important for her right to go back to the reservation to go back to her family and i, I think that he's understanding that there's questions that he can't have answered any other way well, I think that he started out there with for Monica. Yeah, but oh, definitely. Seeing that wolf seemed to just really kind of throw him for a loop, and he's like kind of questioning everything and what does it mean and why is this happening? And I, I thought that in, that conversation between Mo and Casey and Rainwater was really interesting. I'm like, okay, what happens before you see it? What happens after you see it? Like, it's trying to tell you something. And can I yeah. tell you, we have to pat ourselves in the back. So reach around, grab your shoulder, <laughs> and pat, pat, pat. Because last season, you and I kept talking about this wolf. And I was like, they are yes. not going to put this wolf here. Because again, we say, I mean, we say this so often, but there's nothing coincidental or accidental in this show. 
So the fact that we saw the wolf as many times as we did, and you and I kept saying, like, it's the mm-hmm. same wolf, it's the same wolf. And the fact that it's carried over to this season, almost to the very end yeah. of the season. And now it's having this representation and it's being his spirit animal. And just what they were saying about the wolf being the most hunted hunter and man's existence is to, you know, temper the spread of the wolf and vice versa. This was mm-hmm. a very heavy philosophy existentialism laden conversation like like i think what you said is right like he's literally at a crossroads yeah it feels like it he's been through this near-death experience it's changed him in a lot of ways it's hardened him and softened him it's both the same in the same you know flip side of a coin he's a lot softer when it comes to monica yeah how he's been handling her right this episode uh, this whole season rather he was a little hard to get Tate out and to break him out of this cycle. But he's able to like vacillate back and forth between like this really hard line of what he needs to do. Like when, I mean, the first time we saw him this season, he was walking out in sniper gear. Yeah. And now he's also, you know, this tender, you know, we're having a baby, you know, kind of a man where he's, he's trying to find out what version of Wolf is he? I mean, at the end of the episode, he's basically stripped down to nothing, not literally, but sort pretty of close. figuratively. Yeah, I mean, pretty close. And left out in the middle of nowhere by himself. And it it was a little confusing to me at first, but the more I watched it, the more I thought about it, it's like, okay, if you're literally alone for however long with, Mo said, no food and no water, and you're going to just- For like four of, days, they said. Yeah, like, and I guess you have this, you had sage and sweet grass and a pipe. So who knows, you know, whatever's in there. To sort of be alone with your thoughts. And I don't know about you, but I don't like being alone with my thoughts that much. So that <laughs> that gets heavy really fast. And you, like Mo said, or I think it was Rain, Rainwater said, you're, you're going to remember everything, you know, your regrets and your fantasies and this and that. And you're going to be left with like, what are you? You know, like what matters most to you? So I think this is a good step for Casey to figure out what he wants to do. But I'm wondering how much of that we're going to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is he going to just arrive back at home with Monica and then he's going to be like, oh, I'm doing X, Y and Z. Or are we going to sort of see this thought process kind of play out? I would kind of like to see a little bit of that, but I think it might take too much time to kind of go down that road with him. But it would be interesting. I think they'll have to show some part of his process here. Mm hmm. In so order that we for us understand. To, yeah, yeah, in order for us to buy the outcome. Like he's gonna have to we're gonna have to see some of the struggle. And yeah. like I'm gonna come back to what Rainwater said, and you kind of paraphrased it here. You'll be surprised how quickly you replay moments in your life in your mind. And when you're out without the memories or the regrets to ponder or the fantasies, what will you think of? Right. And then what comes depends on how much you pray. Now, I don't get that Casey's a very religious man. But mm-hmm. I think in order for us to buy whatever resolve he comes to about what this meaning of the wolf is, we're going to have to see some of that. And I can't yeah. imagine just the internal struggle is going to be one thing, but this external struggle with his clothes folded up outside this circle that he's in. Yeah. And he goes, close them up. And he like ties a little string. And I was he like, ties cray paper. <laughs> I, know. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it's kind of made me laugh a little paper, bit. I'm like, you know what I mean? I know, but it's I know. This, it's this thin ad. Like, and so he's out there. So that's so what he has I was to will to. himself to stay inside this tiny little string box. And like, it's 
cold. Like there was just yes. snow on the ground not very long ago with him and Tate and the dog. So it's cold. He's got no horse. I'm sure there's no cell service out there. Not that he, he's been left with his phone anyway. So the internal struggle is going to be terrible, but I also have a feeling we're going to also see some of the external forces that are going to test Casey while he's on this four-day ham- ha- the, the term is called hamblecha, and it's crying mm-hmm. out for a vision. It's, it's to get clarity and to basically to find your way and finding your way in life. It's, so this is... This is big. This is big. And like, I think the word that you use this crossroads, I think that feels the most appropriate for what he's experiencing. Yeah. It feels like he has to make a choice, you know, now or never kind of thing. I don't know. Right. He's going to have to choose before he's not able to make a choice. It feels like. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's in a very tense position here. This is, he's worried. You can tell he's worried. He goes, I'm going to die without water for four days and four nights. And Mo's like, yeah, basically, this is going to be pretty horrible for you. (laughs) The fact that they've given Mo so much presence this season has been so rich for me. I know. I love Mo. Where we did not get like Pawpaw Felix much, you know, and we do love him. um, We are getting a lot of substance and a lot of heritage and a lot of knowledge sharing about the Native traditions. Um, Even something as simple as like seeing his family. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, learning that the the word for, for dog in Lakota is sunka. And, you know, I said that to my dog as I just want to see because he says, well, in their language, you know, they they respond to it. I don't know if it's just because I was talking to my dog or what, but he did turn when I said sunka. Really? Yeah, he turned his head and looked at me because my dog's name is Cash. So they do not sound yeah. anything alike. So I'm wondering if my dog understands I'll Lakota. Let's try out some more Lakota words on him, see if he understands. Yeah, that's funny. But this, yeah, so this is going to be something I think we'll see part of. Yeah, I hope um, we do see part of it because I I think you're right. I think we'll need to see part of it to justify the outcome because if he walks away from the Dutton Ranch, that's huge. And if he doesn't, that's huge for his family with Monica and Tate. So it's a tough decision and it feels, yeah, it feels very heavy. The, I would be scared of the outcome, like myself. I would be scared of the truth of, like, I don't want to be a Dutton anymore or vice versa. You know, like, that's a lot. Yeah, like, where do I belong? It's That's, yeah. that's not an easy question. So, you know, you mentioned something just a little bit before um, about, like, you know, are we going to have time to see sort of Casey's journey here? And from the screeners that we get, sometimes they're 45 minutes and sometimes they're an hour and sometimes they're a little bit over an hour. Like last week's episode was over an hour with commercials. So we see this without commercials, but when it does air, sometimes it is like it, it spills over into the next hour. So that's also for, I, I'm coming out of the Taylor Sheridan page book of like, I don't care mm-hmm. <laughs> what you people think. Uh, there's enough people out there that like what I'm doing. So I think he's going to pack in what he needs to pack in and, you know, sort of like the time limit be damned because yeah. all they do is just replay the next episode anyway. So it's not like they're cutting into anything uh, on a Sunday night. So <laughs> yeah, um, right. I think the only just thing on do... TV on Sundays is Yellowstone. <laughs> right. And if you're not watching Yellowstone, then you were definitely tuning over to 1883. And if you are not, you should, cause it's fantastic. And the pod clubhouse folks, they have an 1883 po- uh, podcast on this as well, which just started and it is fantastic. All right, that's the plug. That is the plug that's in. That's the plug. <laughs> that's the plug in for them. So tension for Casey. We got tension for Jimmy. <laughs> Who's yeah. the next person we're going to line up for some next, tension? Yeah, we have a temper tantrum. Jamie yet again. <laughs> 
another tantrum. <laughs> Literally like banging his fist on the railing. I'm yep. like, oh my gosh. Yep. Sure does. It's like look it's like looking at a toddler who's like pitching a fit. You're like, are you done now? Are you do like, I have to abandon the card and target or I can continue, right? What's yeah. happening here? Oh my gosh. I, I, I like the notion that Jamie's like, John Dutton could do no wrong, essentially. So they're watching this news report and, you know, John yeah. gets free campaign airtime of yeah. his acceptance speech uh, while they're talking about how he, you know, ripped apart these assailants. And Jamie's watching. And I'm sorry, I I, I, I couldn't help but laugh at his little temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I was just chuckling at the fact that John got like free airtime for the governor's candidacy that he does not want, but yet is now seeming like a shoe in based on yeah. how he's being portrayed now as this hero of the uh, the the diner attack. And even though like Sheriff Haskell was killed, like it's still like the John Dutton show. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the news reporter was like, if it had not been for John Dutton, the loss right. of life would have been even more tragic. <laughs> it's like, but in fairness, he could do like, no wrong. If you're watching that and you are someone who is up against John, do you not slam your fists against the railing? Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you have any kind of more human reaction than that? I I can't believe I just defended Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job, Sheila. I'm I know, defending I know. Jamie here. <laughs> I know. But no, but I mean, in fairness, like it is looking very hopeless for Jamie to be able to to rattle John at all. You know, I said it before, even probably last episode that I've kind of always been a little soft spot for Jamie just because I feel like he's mistreated. But the more I see of him in this season, the more I'm I'm feeling the way everybody else is feeling. And he's just annoying at this point. It's sad. And they're like, come on, man. And and for Christina to be like, for someone who's so smart, you are really so dumb. And I was like, She's horrible to him. She is mean to him. Wait, wait, so am I am I changing my position on Jamie? I feel like I'm being like more understanding of him because <laughs> he is having this really big crisis and now he's trying to go up against John and he's in the biggest fight of his life, Jamie is, and John can literally do no wrong. But he just doesn't see the big picture, too. Like, how to combat this? Like, he's smart enough to strategize and figure it out. And Christina's like, hello, then you be the face of progress. And that's a good thing. Like, you can win votes that way, too. Right, because there's more people in the big cities, the big three yeah. in Montana than there are of the ranchers. But let me ask you this. This was a question that I'm just like, I'm sitting here a couple of times I watched this episode and I'm scratching my head. I'm like, how have they not had this conversation to this point? Exactly. Okay, so you know what I'm asking. Um, yeah. About how how is Christina not know Garrett's backstory at this point? That made me think that, you know, we've pondered if she had somehow contacted him before showing up. And now it makes it seem like she hasn't because she didn't know any of his background that he was in prison. Like, how does she not know that? That's isn't that like public knowledge. I feel like she would have done that research, you know. I don't know if it is public knowledge, but I feel like it would have been in the news or something she could have found out. She didn't know. And... Yeah, she's like, why are you just not telling me this? Yeah, well, she's upset because now, like, once his candidacy is announced, his birth certificate is unsealed, mm-hmm. becomes public knowledge. So maybe she didn't have, a, a, oh, my God, who am I? I'm defending these horrible <laughs> people. Like, she probably didn't have a reason to investigate this guy. But on, you know, kind of falling down on her job here is, you know, she's supposed to know the oppo. Yeah, she's supposed to know what's going on. Before yeah. anybody else um, yeah. you know, to be able to head it off. So I was just surprised that they hadn't had this deep and meaningful conversation about Garrett and his role or his future role 
And it just, I don't know, this part didn't sit well with me at all, that they didn't know this and belittling Jamie yet again. But Garrett hears it all. Yeah. He's able to hear it, even though they said they're going to walk and talk and strategize. Like, And Garrett's a smart enough and a shrewd enough man to know what the conversation was before without even having to be you know, yeah. part of the conversation, you know. But this is the part that of that conversation that did make me a little bit sad for Jamie is, okay, if he's no longer son to John Dutton and now sort of... For campaign purposes, he has to separate himself from his other dad. And he has no other family. Like, literally, this man has Christina. Is that his support system? Because she's yeah. kind of a bitch. Like, yeah, I don't like that for him. Like, it, that seems like a really bad uh, journey to try to win a campaign. Like, all I have is is this girl who, like, thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's right. really mean. Yeah, she so, can't I don't even, know. It kind of made me hedge. sad for him. Yeah, she can't even hedge a conversation without throwing in an insult. Like, it's just... Yeah. So it made me a little sad for him. Like, oh, he has nobody now. Now he has Christina. That's it. Like, geez. So does this drive Garrett then to seek out John Dutton? Why would he need to? Like, what does that affect Jamie if Garrett Randall seeks out John Dutton? What would that accomplish for Jamie? No, I think Garrett has a reason for seeking John out. And I know that he's wanted to reveal himself to John. Like, I get that feeling that he wants to reveal himself. But I'm trying to get the angle as to what would be the benefit to Jamie here, other than John knowing that Jamie's no longer, quote unquote, his. Yeah. Is it just to sort of throw John off a little bit, like... Yeah, unnerve him a little I bit. Think it's, yes, I think it is to unnerve John. I think it's to, to upset him. I don't see how Jamie benefits from a John and Garrett showdown. It's more, this is a battle of egos and Garrett has really shelved his ego for Jamie. He's He has not reached out to John Dutton. He is not throwing himself out there in front of people for Jamie, knowing full well that Christina's assessment of the situation is correct. Mm-hmm. Even though it was Jamie's mother that he killed, it's still the optics of it look horrible. And if you're trying to run for governor, like, what does this say about your pedigree if this is the type of people that you come from? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, still, I'm holding through. This is like several episodes now. We're going to get the John Dutton, Garrett Randall showdown. This was like... This was the trash talk at yeah. the, the boxing, you know, you know, before boxing. Yeah, matches, this was it, not the showdown. No, this was the trash no. talk at the press conference two days before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the weigh in <laughs> in this corner. <laughs> weighing in at 225 pounds. We're going to I feel like we're going to get the reveal. Like I've been saying this, you know, several episodes now. I feel like we're going to get the reveal of who Mrs. Garrett Randall is and what her Dutton connection is, because it's it's close. And based yeah. on the reaction and the body language, and I'm coming back to that, you know, John was leaning away at the diner, like repulsed yeah. by what he was seeing. So, the, you know, this is where body and language. Garrett Randall looked smug too. Like he, he looked smug. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, it was it was play on optics of like, you know, we saw the ca- camera angles. It didn't look like anybody was sitting there, and then all of a sudden he was there. Um, cause I did watch that scene several, several times, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was very smug. Yes. I'll agree with that. But also it was like, I know something you don't know Yeah, when it comes to Garrett. So this conversation between the two of them, it was very, whew, it, let's see, what's the word I want to say here. It was desperate in a way. Like I felt 
I felt sorry for Garrett because I, I get this, the sense that John could have said something 40 years ago to change the outcome when he said you could have told them what she exactly become. yeah I was gonna say that it's like you could have told the truth you could have told them what she become I was like whoa so John was involved in the demise basically yeah sending yes. him to prison and just what he says too. what John says uh I guess life doesn't mean what it used to like basically if you're out walking around like well, yeah, that's... now he thinks that Garrett Randall's there for payback. If you're here to pay me back, right? Like, so that that's the, mm-hmm. that's what I feel like the upper hand with Garrett is because now John doesn't know what he's thinking, what's in his head because he well he knows that he's angry still yeah. that he's bitter and he's had thirty years to think about nothing else but how to exact revenge right. on John Dutton. We'll talk about it, I guess, later when we have the Beth John conversation, but. Does this now give John a minute to pause and ponder this Terrell Riggins thing? Because he's still hook, line, and sinker thinking that this guy is just posturing from jail with taking mm. them out to a Terrell Riggins posturing in jail. And does what's the revelation that comes next episode that makes John change his mind? Because he's not going to be wrong forever. Yeah. Because we know, and the only one who doesn't know yet is him, is John about Garrett. Yeah, I don't think he picked up, put that together yet. Yeah. Yet. But I have a feeling that he will. This whole conversation, it, again, if you weren't tense and you weren't upset and in a <laughs> yeah. very bad place at the end of this scene, then huh. I know and it, it just was so uncomfortable. Like you could have said something, you could have told the truth. And he's and he's like, I took your son and made him what he is today with love and respect. I was like, mm. <laughs> Okay, so that conversation, that part of the conversation, I want to ask. I was ask, like, no. I want to ask you about that. Is John defending himself here or is he does he really believe that no i think he really believes that you think he does okay yeah because i'm sure jamie has told him to the contrary and i feel like i feel like in a way that this might be john's also like leveling a defense like i am who i am i made him what he is today which is not a good thing. Nobody likes him. So I was like, don't say that. That's you, not a, you that's did not a three episodes ago. I know. I was like, I don't know if I'd be uh, claiming Jamie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's, that was funny to me that he said that, like, I made him what he is today. I'm like, but you don't like him. I'm like, why would you Right. And, you know, Beth doesn't like him. And yeah. Casey, Casey's the only one. And, and I'm going to come back to, like, we've said this before. Casey's like the only decent one among them. Yeah, I think so. And the fact that he's gone back, so just to you know, backtrack to him, the fact that he's going on this vision quest and he's going on this hamblecha to to see what he needs to... Oh my God. What in the heavens? I don't know. Hang on. I'll be right back. Okay. A few moments later. Oh my God. Are you there? Oh. I'm so yes. sorry. Are you okay? Are you I'm, there? My next door neighbor, I knew I heard something. I didn't even run out here. I didn't even grab my phone. My, I heard something. My next door neighbor, a car crashed through his <gasps> fence and almost landed in his pool. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I heard it and I knew what I heard. I heard it. And I took off running and yeah. I just ran out of here because like, I didn't, I thought it was my driveway. It sounded so close. Thank God everyone's okay. Whew. Okay. And I had to like my neighbor was about to punch this little kid. I'm like, I'm like, you need to calm down. And then I'm like, I gotta get back because Steph is waiting for me. She's like, what the hell? Well, it sounded like an emergency. Like I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where were we? We were talking about the. We were finishing up John and Garrett in the diner. Garrett, right? 
And you were, I don't know what you said Oh, now the cops are arriving. I know you hear the sirens. Okay. You know, does this change John's mind now about Terrell Riggins? Like at some point he's going to, is he going to have to come to Jesus moment where he's going to be like, it wasn't that guy. Because they're going to find out. They're going to find yeah. out that there's I mean, this, will, but... this close relationship between Tyrell and Garrett. For, it was something like nine years they shared a prison cell together. Mm-hmm. I really thought, though, that the first time John and Garrett saw each other, that it would be around Jamie. Like, I thought that they would show up to the ranch for that talk or whatever. But right. I kind of expected was... Jamie to be standing there, like, kind of stuck in the slicker. middle. <laughs> this is a bit slicker. Yeah. This is this is not a Jamie-type move. This is a John Dutton-type no, move yeah, yeah. of smooth. Um, be like, okay, like, I, I know something you didn't know. I'm out of jail, right? And um, mm-hmm. you didn't know this. And I also know that you didn't tell the truth, which is something now new that we learned. So what, what's the truth? We need to find out what the truth is. And what is mm-hmm. the repercussion against John? These are all questions that need to be answered. Yeah. So many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Like as we think, so we, as we think, we're getting loose ends tied up. All we find out is that they're just unraveling more and more stuff. Yes, exactly. For us to you know keep hanging ourselves with here. Such a fun, delicious way. Twisted yes. web. Apparently, this one comes with Salisbury steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, gosh. Uh, just, I mean, not, not to rapidly change the subject, but how adorable was the banter between John and the waitress? I know. I think the word hussy needs to come back into the lexicon like in a big way. I like that <laughs> word. It's very descriptive. It's very middle of the road. You can say it in front of children. If you need to, you know, say something of that to, you know, ilk. That's funny. <laughs> no, my kids would be like, what is I that? I don't mean? recommend using the word hussy because then you'd have to explain what mm-hmm. it means. Right. But, you know, it's better than saying she's a hua. <laughs> never never too early for flirting though yeah it might be a little early on the yeah. follow-through but i thought that was very cute i'm like yeah i like this i like this i can so the only like light-hearted side of john we saw in this episode was with carter but i'm still missing john and tate that's just not fair i don't i don't want it to be john and carter i want it to be john and tate but i think john is definitely trying to make up for whatever he's missing with tate with carter they're just having they're having some cute moments, and I like the undercover tutoring that's going on, the tutelage, if you will, that's yeah. happening here. Um, I, again, oh, Carter I says something that I'm just like, I don't know. Does a 14 year old say that if there's an Olympic medal for shoveling shit, I'll get it? But he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I just love this whole scene with you know teaching Carter how to ride, and he's going to run the foul out of him, which I find <laughs> just so funny. And so hypocritical because it's like, John, like you literally wrote the book on all the cuss words. Like, I think Rip learned everything from watching you. He's like offended. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a bunch of, what did he call him? Living here on the ranch? What did he, I forget the word he said, but he said something like hooligans, you know, like a whole bunch of like. Oh no, I got a bunch of goddamn pirates working for me. Yeah, pirates. Okay. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word, but yeah, it's like, come on, John, like you talk just like them. Like, seriously, you said worse. And you only get offended when certain parties say these types of things, like Beth, when she, you know, goes like on Beth about her. Or Carter, Carter. Or like, and that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Yeah. He doesn't care if anybody else says it. He's no. like, come on now. It's it's only if like his sensibility is is offended that yeah. uh, that he takes offense to it. But I just I like the fact that he's taking the interest in Carter. Um, I, I think he believes that he'll be around longer than Rip thinks he's going to be around. Yeah. <laughs> And Carter's just looking a little more clean. Like he's looking a little more 
you know, his hair's a little more combed, his shirt's a little more less, yeah, he's like a little less tattered. Figured out the, the routine a little bit more. Yeah, he's like, looking yeah. less like a homeless puppy and more like, you know, a uh, a growing teenage boy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm happy about that. What did you think about this conversation, though, that they have? So after he's run some of the foul out of Carter's mouth and they have this conversation about the <laughs> Buffalo Valley, what right. did you think about this? This was a very pointed conversation, and this is about as reflective as I think John Dutton gets. Mm-hmm. I like that his explanation of fair, though. My son says that all the time. That's not fair. And I never know really what to say to that. Right. <laughs> Other than life's not fair. <laughs> right. And that's not that's a non-answer. No, life is yeah. not fair. But what does it mean to be fair? Like you live a good life. You're well looked after. Like so whatever like the generic context is for the not fair part. Is it fair that, you know, the buffalo got hunted? No. Uh, is it fair that the natives got hunted? No. But do they have a way of life? Sure. Is it mm-hmm. what they wanted? No. Is that fair? No. Again, so you keep coming back to it. It's a very circular argument. Yeah. And it's one of these questions like, mm, there's really no good answer. Right. Which end of the equation did you fall on? Are you in the greater side of the equation? Or are you on the lesser side of the equation? And for most of the Dutton's existence, they've been on the greater side and it feels like it's tipping now. And that's where I think I'm going with this is that it feels mm-hmm. like it's tipping and John is realizing that things are sliding away from him. Well, yeah, and him saying fair is only one side getting exactly what they want in a way that nobody else can complain is is maybe telling of how this is going to go as well, right. you know, for him. For him, yeah, exactly. And the ranch. So that's a good explanation of it, though. <laughs> not fair and not, not necessarily right, but it is kind of how it works out usually. Right. right. I never understand. I say this all the time. When people say agree to disagree, that feels like this to me. Like, that's not, that's not a resolution. That's not (laughs) like, you just want me to stop arguing with you. You know, like, it doesn't feel like we've come to any. There's no resolution. Compromise on this. You just want me to stop talking. So you say agree to disagree. Like, I hate when people say that to me. It's another non-answer. Yes. I'm like, that does not make sense to me, that concept. But it's like, can I just agree? agree to not like, I'll agree to let it go for now and we'll revisit yeah, the conversation agree. when you're less tired of the argument <laughs> exactly well and then it feels too that like uh, I, the only things that I'm really disagreeing with people about are things that I feel very passionate about that I feel very right. strongly about I'm not and you're not gonna agree you. to disagree about that you're not gonna like just agree to their position like I'm not gonna disagree with you about simple things like food or where you know what we you do should with really like mushrooms free yeah. Time. yeah like who cares that kind of stuff I'll sure I'll, it doesn't matter but if I'm disagreeing with you on something it's because I feel very strongly right. about you've it. got the principles around it yeah. yeah so how can I agree to disagree with that so I don't know how we got off on that tangent but it just feels like it's just not fair and right. it just, but it's the same thing as saying well that's not fair and trying to explain yeah. what that is because it's all relative it's not an answer. So. It's not an answer. It's, it's it's a position, right? There is no such thing as fair. Nope. So just to, you know, round out the uh, the Carter arc here, uh, the only other bright spark that we had <laughs> was this card game yes, in the bunkhouse. Okay. That was awesome. There are, I'm going to say it now. There are going to be a ton of people who are going to be very upset at the 
amount of blowback i guess that carter gets because teeter's not happy and she just like lets loose this this mental diarrhea tirade of cuss words like there's like four every 10 seconds um if maybe it's maybe it's six every 10 seconds i'm not sure you know i I just know that there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be like oh you know up in arms over that and you know it is what it is and the show is meant to be you know bombastic like that and sensational Mm -hmm. the fact that it is being said in front of a 14 year old child is a little you know upsetting but well, he didn't time, catch any of it he goes what does she cut off her tongue yeah well that's, that's what i was gonna say like his only saving grace is gonna be the fact that teeter it takes you about six episodes to understand what she's saying so he's only got like three in so he's he's three that's away so from any of just like fully fluent in teeter <laughs> that was awesome i love um, he's like <laughs> What if they called him a shark? He's like, I'm not sure. He's like, you're shuffling the cards in the air. Yeah, that was really cute. It's like, first time I'm playing. Like, so he's, you know. And then Carter goes, oh, there will be no folding. <laughs> so again, like it's the so bunkhouse funny. provides the comic relief and, and it's mm-hmm. been lacking. So the fact that they they went kind of all in with this, I appreciate it because the bunkhouse has been just another source of dramatic tension this entire season. That I'm just like, okay, thank God they're getting back to you know what their their true role is supposed to be yeah and make it's to make us laugh really is what it comes down to and you know maybe wrangle some cattle every now and again but you know really to make me laugh and the rare sighting of rip laughing that that doesn't happen too often he was really (laughs) oh there was this moment he pats him on the the shoulder and he Mm -hmm. says my son he did yes it's when beth kind of like peeks her nose in and Rip spots her, uh, not Rip, um, Walker spots her. And mm-hmm. Rip is like clapping Carter on the shoulder. He goes, ah, oh, that's my son. Oh, and I was just, oh my that. God. It, it was, again, you have to listen with headphones because like there, it was like the background chatter. But Rip, oh. you see Rip saying it, but it didn't come up. It didn't come up as like primary audio because you're focused more. It was when the camera's panning away and you see Beth starting to move into the room behind right. the door and he says it and i was like oh my god the, I, I feel like it was such a breakthrough moment and it was so small and it was there but like for me who's been watching this rip carter evolution for this entire season i'm like this feels right for me so when you watch Aww. it when it airs you'll have to go back and make sure you you, you see that part it'll probably yeah. come up on like if you watch it with captions like i do yeah with um, it'll, it'll probably i love captions um <laughs> it'll probably come up you'll see it like he claps him on the shoulder he goes that's my son Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I don't get to watch it with captions on our on our no, website. But. No, yeah, not on the screeners. But I, mm-hmm. I, was, I had headphones in. And like I said, I was watching on my iPad like I normally do. And I was like, wait, wait what did you just say? Oh, <laughs> oh so cute. Yes, it was very cute. <laughs> but I don't want to talk about Beth just yet. I want to, I want to talk about her just yet. Yeah. Because um, I'm saving that. Save that yes. bombshell for put the a, end. We'll put a little pin in that one. So then I guess we need to move on to John and Summer because, you know, she's still not put away for life just yet. Yeah, <laughs> this this was, again, the tension, the the, mm-hmm. the the getting into position, the the firestorm that comes out of this storyline. I did not see coming. I was I was pretty shocked at where this I, this one went. I didn't know that he would like care about Summer that much uh, to like go up there and try to intervene. I don't know. Maybe I did. Like, maybe I expected him to make a phone call or something, but I don't know that I expected him to, like, go and try to talk to the lawyer. And and <laughs> then he seemed kind of, like, harsh with her, like, stern. Like, well, you, you're the one who assaulted a cop. Like, like sort of correcting her, too. Like, the, we're, we're, we have room for you in the jail. Like, we're not going to let you off for this. 
Yeah, that, he was kind, kind of, of like threw of, me off a little bit. He was kind of like of two minds with her. Yeah. Right. So he's he's not sure where this is going to go. I think he's nervous, too. And I think that's kind of why he gets a little defensive. Like, you know, we could put you away because he he's not sure about the outcome. And I don't like when John isn't sure about an outcome because it just leaves me in a very untoward place. Um, you know, well, just, the new sheriff having well, that, that's, you know, yeah. chat with him sort of changed the tone of like, well, well, that left know, him on the bad footing, right? Yeah. Like, we're not going to sneak people in the back and handle things a certain way. Like, I'm going to enforce the rules that have always been there. I was like, uh oh, that's yeah. not good. So this was the same commander that we saw in season one and we saw him in season two. Like when um, when Rip had the bear incident, he yeah. came out with Sheriff Donnie and he's also the one that went to go tell Jimmy that his grandfather had died. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciated the continuity of character. I was like, oh, I've seen you before. Yeah. <laughs> and I know where I saw you before because, again, these marathons are on and I catch, you know, different episodes at different times. I'm like, oh, right. That's when you were. Yeah. And he um, just called Sheriff Donnie out like that. Like, oh, well, his loyalty lies with who pays him the most. I was like, yeah. Ooh. Damn. I was like, ooh, his grave isn't even cold yet, and you're, right? you know, trampling all like... over the poor man's grave. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of disdain for Sheriff Donnie. I guess they did not like how, or at least Commander Bill did not like how he ran his uh, his outfit here. Mm-mm, definitely not. Things um, will be different. So yes. that kind of put John on edge. And John was trying to, like, ease the tension a little, and he's like, you know, new rules. And Commander Ramsey's like, nope, same rules, just going to be yeah. enforced now bring that next to this conversation with summer and he's unsure about where this is going because now it's the rules have changed again and he doesn't have the same like level of favor that right. he had with, with sheriff donnie you know because sheriff donnie was like a good old boy it's like you know come on mm-hmm. you, know, you can do this see this my way or spin this my way and you know we'll both benefit but we did get confirmation <laughs> About, about I was like, I was right. I was right. I don't know why that made me happy. I was like, I knew it. Well, I mean, he played it really cool, right? So yeah. up until this point, and um, <laughs> but Summer like allows this bombshell to come out that Beth is the one that basically told her to slap the cop. Take one for the team. Take one for the team. And then, so back when she said this, you and I had had the conversation. We're like. <sighs> This does not feel good because yeah. of who Beth is and how much of a chess player she is. So she had to foresee some sort of outcome in Beth's favor to get rid of Summer, which begs my next question. And I, I mm-hmm. hate to ask this question out loud because why is Beth so anti-John being happy as a whole person? If he has a good time with the governor, she was trying to poison that way back Mm -hmm. when, right? On the mother's anniversary, blah, 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 whatever that was. Now, John and Summer, she's trying to poison this in a much more manipulative way, much more directly manipulative way. Why doesn't she want him to be happy? Because she's not happy. I think that's a good answer because she's Mm -hmm. not happy. But I mean, but she is now, right? Or she's happier. Happier. I wouldn't say she's a happy person. No, she's not a happy person, but she's at least found her person who makes her happy. Beth has always been sort of like, if I'm going to be in a bad mood, everybody else is going to be in a bad mood. And so, I mean, this girl definitely needs to go to therapy and talk about her past. But I mean, it's like every relationship, she's trying to like sort of work out some sort of issue. So if there's issues from the past with her dad, like, so yeah, I mean, it's just complicated at this point, every um, interaction between them. So 
it's like she's doing what he wants by trying to save the ranch, but she doesn't want to save the ranch personally. Right. She's just doing this for him. So I honestly think that yeah, she's so got like, she's got abandonment issues. I think that's you know, like for whatever she feels responsible for her mother's death, she hasn't mm-hmm. resolved that. And I think that she's just afraid that if the attention goes off of her, that she's going to be left alone. Like if her dad finds any other way to to divert his attention. Yeah, then that she'll it's be... less attention for her. It's a very mm-hmm. simplistic, you know, retreating to a safe place. But for me, like I'm thinking about like, well, why is she? And then like, uh, maybe she's got like abandonment issues because like her mom did die mm. at a young age. And, you know, she is kind of ostracized. She doesn't have a lot of, you know, friends. She doesn't have a good support network. So I'm like, maybe it's just yeah. abandonment. And she just doesn't want the attention to come off of her because anything that John diverts away from Beth is just... There's nobody else to fill the void. There's nobody else. Right. I mean, Rip is to a certain extent, but Rip has a job, you know, Carter to a certain extent, but Carter has a job and he's getting an Olympic medal for it, apparently. I thought that Beth talking to Summer about protesting or making a scene or, you know, taking one for the team was more about stopping the airport or causing problems and, you know, making the news than it was specifically about getting in the way of her and John. I think it's just collateral. I think... Yeah, it's just... I think it was just a collateral... Like, so Summer and John not spending any more time together was just a collateral benefit. But meanwhile, if it brings Mm -hmm. the national attention and the heat for the airport and that ends up stopping because they do bring the right kind of heat then it's just a win-win for Beth. She gets the airport stopped and she gets Summer out of John's life. And she right. probably planned it that way. She's that manipulative and cunning that she probably figured, you know, two birds, one stone. Yay me. Yeah, exactly. Were you surprised at how angry John was about this? I want to say no, because there has been this slow burn of contempt rising up in John when it comes to Beth. What I mean by that is the did the dinner time outbursts. He's got more mm-hmm. snide comments about it the last few episodes. Rip coming to the dinner table, I think, changed the dynamic enough that John felt enough confidence to be able to it's really weird to say the words John had enough confidence um, <laughs> to sort of challenge Beth in front of Rip knowing that Rip is in a position to maybe sway her a little bit Mm -hmm. to to a little bit more of a normal position, or at least bring her back to center, because she's so the pendulum has swung so far with Beth when it comes to sitting at the dinner table and and any kind of normal family interaction that but I feel I've been feeling this unease with Beth at certain times, because then when Beth was in John's bedroom reading the the essays of wide open spaces, you know, he said, my heart is full because you're here. So he's got this struggle with Beth, I feel. But I think his level of contempt for her behavior is just rising to the point that he's just like, I can't deal with you anymore. Like, you need to resolve some of this anger, these problems, because it's enough. Yeah. This was a, a shock in some ways that he went this far. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's been burning up to this point. I never would have like you said, put money on my bingo card that he was going to kick her out of the house and say, I can do this without you. Like, I did not see that coming at all. It just is like a huge question mark. Like, if it's not John and Beth protecting the ranch, then what is it? Like, what 
who else is? Yeah. Like, it seems so out there for me to wrap my head around, like, why would John not want Beth's help? <laughs> like, over this, over summer, like, I don't, I think, you know, he sees that side of her and that's disappointing or whatever, but I still think he would care about the ranch enough to be like, well, don't do that again, young lady, you know, versus like, get out. That, you know, shocked, that shocked me. Could this also be a bit of like reverse psychology in a way that he's going to scare her to the point where like if the biggest thing that she fears is being abandoned and he now knows it, does he now have the ability to like make her more malleable into something he wants, a tool that's more useful to him and that's not going to really give... manipulative. <laughs> but is it is it outside of the purview of these people? Is this outside of their their personalities? Not really. They're pretty manipulative. Yeah. And this is deep. It is deep. and But I mean, like, this is what I talked to you before about this abandonment. That's why I think it is that. Because if she feels abandoned, she's now broken. Yeah. He can now bring broken. her back and build her back up the way that he needs her to. You know, this might be a way for him to just, like, call the shots. Because mm. he also probably feels really out of control right now. He's got the governor thing happening. Garrett Randall is now back <laughs> is back in the world and walking around and making threats. So you think he's like trying to prove a point to her and that he'll come Maybe. make amends here in a minute? Maybe. I, but okay. I think it's also, he's got her number and he's just had enough of her shit. Her temper tantrums have been like on fire <laughs> this whole season. And even this episode, she, she has another tantrum that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. So I feel like I, you know, I, I know that we're kind of talking out of sorts here, but um, out of the way that things happen. But yeah, I feel like it's this abandonment thing that you know that he knows that she's got, and it's it's poisoning her. You know, she needs to stand on her own two feet, and if she's going to stand on her own two feet, it has to be in a way that's helpful to him. I feel like it's a way for yeah. him to just get back, you know, the top dog again, like to back, get back to the power dog spot. Well, I mean, I feel like as a whole, like the Yellowstone Ranch is sort of grasping for straws here, trying to hold on to what they yeah. have. He's lost Jamie. He's Casey's not around. Lee's got, you know, all of these people. He's only got Beth left, really. And she's the only one who, you know, has some, you know, outside influence in terms of market equities and all that. Like, it just right. blew my mind. I'm like, I don't see how that that's a good plan, John, to take Beth out of the picture as far as saving the Yellowstone, which he says is his only goal. So is he in the same vein as Jimmy? <laughs> what Emily says to Jimmy, but is he pussy with summer? <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's not exactly. No. So there has to be some other reason. I mean, it is despicable to use people as collateral damage. Right. But to me, I don't think that John has that much of a conscience to kick out his own daughter over you know blah 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 round and round but I mean it shocked me I was like okay wow like I did not think that that would upset him enough or he would see that side of her as bad enough to say oh I don't need you anymore I I was pretty shocked but at the same time he's got a reason for it and I, I'm really counting the minutes on I was happy that they they released the screener <laughs> one day early so we got to see it so I'm happy that this yeah. is happening, but I, I just, I definitely think that we're going to see what his plan is with this because th this okay. is not the end of Beth. Like, you know, she's not going okay. anywhere. Well, she says to Walker that she may have lost everything else too. So does that mean, like in theory, if Beth leaves the ranch, Rip's not going to go with her? He can't, right? He doesn't Then what? Exist. Like, does she lose Rip? Does she lose everything? If she, like, then she finds herself like Jamie, like kicked out and all alone, like. 
Right. So I mean, that's a great question. If Rip is given the choice, who does he choose? Does he choose John or does he choose Beth? Because that crossroads is coming. And who said it? Somebody said it a couple of episodes ago. And I'm sorry, I don't remember if it was Paul or Mike, but they said, you know, does Rip start to resent John at some point for the choices that he's been forced to make? Mm. This would do it. This would do it. This would be that crossroads, to use that word again, for a Rip, John, I don't know if the showdown is the right word, but there's definitely the tension there. So, God. And then the fact that (laughs) so, and then the fact that Rip wasn't Beth's first stop for this heartbreak is that also was like, what are you doing, girl? And again, now Beth is also stirring the pot. I don't know if it's intentional. I I don't know if she's broken that badly that she doesn't know what she's doing because now this is just going to set off the fireworks again between Rip and Walker. Like, why did she not go to Rip? Like, does she already just count him out? Like, well, if I don't have my dad in Yellowstone, then I don't have him either. Like, does she is she that willing to, like, not even go to him and be like, what are we going to do? Or does she you know? <laughs> take the high road and, you know, give Beth, like, sort of, like, the uh, the benefit of the doubt? Does Beth see that he's happy having a moment with Carter and mm-hmm. leave it alone and find someone mm-hmm. else to burden this with? Because, again, Maybe. Rip is John's attack dog. Yeah. If she's going to have to call into question Rip's loyalty, I don't know if she wants to know the answer of who he'd choose. This is that's true. <sighs> this is deep. <laughs> I know this episode is like so much. So yes. much. I know. My mind is just like, what? We, we sent each other the uh, the head exploding emojis yes. when we oh, watched I this can't. one the first time out. We're like, oh, God, we can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> yes, we apologize. This one's even running long. And we're going to warn you now next week is going to be like five of us on the podcast. It's yeah. going to be like the, the pod clubhouse people, uh, the three of the pod clubhouse. So it's Caroline, Paul and Mike. So it, the way it's, it's scheduling up right now, it's going to be the five of us on. So it'll be super size. Yeah. So we warned you, get the snacks. There'll be intermission. <laughs> <laughs> grab the bottle of wine yep exactly whatever whatever you know the ranch water for whatever wine. yes yes exactly so whatever you like but um yeah it's just like this but one of the two i i think it might have been mike i'm not sure had said you know does rip start to resent john and maybe she's just trying to prevent that conversation dang yeah that's deep I hope that Gator, not to rapidly change the subject, I really hope that Gator has like like the oriental trading kind of like gross amount of like coffee mugs and, and you know, whiskey glasses because yet another one bites the dust here. I think we're up to like six. This, yeah. This season of things that, that was, are broken intentionally. That was so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That Was that the beginning of the episode? He's just like clueless like pour me a cup of coffee and she chunks it at his head like what the fuck is wrong with you i uh, can i tell you the funniest part of that is that whole scene was like the little bit of ceramic that just fell off the brim of john's hat when he turned to look at her like i don't know if that was planned or if that just happened that way but i just appreciated that little bit of cinematography so much because it was just i don't know it just it just summed up like his exasperation with her and that's also <laughs> part of it too like there's all of these these tantrums that that's are leading true. up to you know him just having had enough and this is yet another one and this is where like i was just like god damn it like john don't you know that it's not terrell riggins who's really behind this because he's still hook mm-hmm. line and sinker you know and he, this is the moment that he chooses to reveal this to her and again i'm just like okay i don't know if your timing is that great because 
is she getting it? Is she is she right? Okay, let me let me not say is she getting it. Let me ask you, is she right in her anger here at John for the diner escapade? I think having heard her explanation as to why she's so, so angry, I get it. Like if you put yourself in her shoes of watching your dad almost die, you know, she said, I willed you back to life. I prayed you back to life and watching you just like waste away. And then you're going to willingly put yourself in harm's way again. Like, yeah, I would be upset and angry. I don't know that I would like throw a coffee mug at someone's head, but would you Beth rip your would. shirt off in front of your dad? I don't know. There's no. just some weird things afoot here. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I would understand that level of anger, but I did appreciate the explanation as to why she was so angry. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. Like saying like, why don't you care about what's happening to us? Why are you worried about some people in a diner? But we do get we do get a, a little understanding of John. He's like, that's mm-hmm. not who I am in my soul. Right. He like goes, he's gonna... I do what's right. So his moral compass is there, but sometimes it it literally just finds its way to the train station. But that but the diner event felt authentic to who John is. Like he's just not going to let and she should know that. She's not like he's not somebody who's going to pass by a situation if he he can help out in some way. That's what got him shot. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And I guess like that's her point is that he didn't really learn. Yeah. Yeah, learn your lesson like, like helping people out almost got you killed yeah um so this is one time i do have to give beth the point for making Mm -hmm. a well-reasoned argument and not just having a hissy fit over something that's some what does rip say some bullshit childhood trauma that she's trying to work out (laughs) this is some bullshit adult trauma (laughs) right this is and it's it's very recent trauma that he's literally still recovering from but she says something. She says, you know, she's, she still thinks it's Jamie. Yes. So nothing is going to convince her otherwise. Even though John gives her this name, she doesn't react the way that I guess I was expecting her to. Like, I, I don't know if I was expecting her to clap her hands and be like, okay, how do we kill him? You know? Yeah. I think she was just kind of reeling from the fact that it wasn't Jamie and this was the paradigm that she'd allowed herself to live in. And having Jamie be responsible for it made the most sense to her. Yeah. She doesn't know this enemy. So that's going to put her on edge now and put her in a level of tension that she's not comfortable with because now she doesn't know what the next step is. Because she's like, well, what do we do now? I just. And then, but then John says, is it worth me trying to kill him over? Like, he's like, what do you want me to do? He's in jail. So I think they both kind of have a point, you know? Is this the first time that John found out that she had been so badly burned? Because. I figured that would be topic of conversation, but the fact that she's like, well, look what he did. Like, did he not know that? Because he was in a coma? Like, I don't know. I don't know. That I don't was know. surprising Maybe. to me. I was like, whoa. He probably hadn't seen the extent of it. She probably explained yeah. what happened, but I don't think she saw it because it was dramatic and his he kind of recoiled a bit. Again, yeah. this is the body language to pay attention to. He kind of recoiled at it and, you know, she wants justice. So she doesn't think that he's going after the right people. In in finding justice and and the fact that it's taken him as long as he has to tell her who he thinks it is, is, uh, it's just, just, it draws a line under dysfunction of this family. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. Like, can't you guys just all have a conversation? Like a group text would do wonders for you guys. Like, right. Seriously, explain yourselves. But John says something to her when he's, he's basically throwing her out of the house. 
you know, because she's she brings in animals. And she goes, well, that's life in the Serengeti. And he says, we don't kill sheep. We kill wolves. Mm-hmm. And then, the you know, like the next scene is like Casey sitting there I trying know, to ponder his wolf I spirit said. animal. So I go, when he said that, I go, what does that mean for Casey? Right. That's so, what I wrote down. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, if I put a big underline under kill wolves, question mark, I question mark. Too. Like, yeah. I don't like this. I don't like this. Inter- you used the word so early on in this episode, crossroads. This is where yes. we're at. And there's a lot of paths. Like, this is one of those, like, intersections that have, like, six points of entry. Right. And, you know, you could Which be getting on or getting off. And maybe some of them are the highway and you could be going fast somewhere else. And other ones are, you know, craggy little cobblestones that you're going to stumble your way <laughs> down. But this is it. This is where we're at. Like, everybody is at a point where they're going to need to make a decision about what's best for them. Or what does Garrett say early on to Jamie? He says something that, hang on, let me find it. You have to think about the times in your life when what you want was the worst thing for you. So Mm. people have to make these choices now of what's, what do they think is going to be best for them? Even though it may not be what they want, because I feel like nobody's going to come out a winner here. Somebody's going to come out a winner, but it's not going to be in a way that they are happy about. I feel. Yeah, that's that's really the only thing I can predict about next episode is like you called it. It's a crossroads and we're going to get people choosing some directions and it's just going to be messy. And like John said about being fair, like it's not necessarily fair for anyone. It's just a an outcome that everyone has to live with. So maybe right. that's what we're going to see. So wow. much family drama. So much family drama. I'm glad it's them and not me. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? <laughs> We just have the regular old Kylie. Can you imagine? Yeah, like the Christmas dinner. You know, my family does not have those like big blowout, you know, fights at the holidays or anything like that. So it's like I imagine that they're they can't even get through a meal on a regular day, much less on Christmas. Right. Forget the yeah. Forget a big holiday. Then then you have you know emotional trauma of the day as well. You know, coming coming up behind. So oh my goodness. Sheila, this is crazy. This is crazy. So we've got one more left, and I'm warning you guys now, we're going to have a lot to say. Yeah. So, you know, sort of disclaimer right now, uh, the last two seasons, we have not gotten the screener on time. That's true. Which Or means, we haven't gotten early before yeah, it airs. So like on time for us is like, you know, three to five days before the episode airs. Um, mm-hmm. So if this is late next week, just know that it's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that will definitely be there it just may not be uh on the same timeline that we're kind of used to so we'll be here next week we'll be joined by maybe one two or three pod clubhouse <laughs> uh clubhousers and um I'm looking forward to it. I'm just, I, I am going in with all of the hopes that a season finale <laughs> of Yellowstone brings me. And I have not yet been disappointed once. I'm just looking forward to it. Me too. Oh my gosh. So no we have idea. a little bit, we have a little bit of news. Um, so Spotify, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Spotify now has rankings. So if you can head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to our Yellowstone podcast from Pod Clubhouse. If you're on Spotify, you can now leave a five-star review for the show. It helps a lot in promotion of the show and in the rankings. So if you could do that, we always appreciate it. Five stars are greatly appreciated. We would love you forever. 
oh, we'll do that anyway. But five stars yeah. will just make us make us feel a little bit better because you know do we do a take, little happy we, dance. We take time out of our day and our family to do this to bring this yeah. to you, and it's it's a lot of fun. And the feedback is 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 really welcome. So we appreciate yeah. it. And a lot of you've I've been, been getting a lot out. of tweets. Yeah. Yes. So we appreciate the reach outs and the uh, the shout outs that we get. And um, yeah, if you leave us comments, we respond. So we're excited. So tweet us. Tweet at us, comment at us, <laughs> leave us a five star. We appreciate it all. And there's also now a new Facebook group that has been started up. It is Yellowstone 1883 and the 46's discussion and news group. So you can head on over to Facebook and join that. And there's lots of good content going up. There's interviews with the, the 1883 stars with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Sam Elliott they have interviews with coming out soon. So it, it's, it's going to be jam-packed with a lot of really good stuff. So Definitely. we hope you can check that out and we'll see you we again. We will meet you there. We're already there commenting. <laughs> yes, we're already there commenting and posting stuff and then just having a good old time. So, But we'll definitely see you back here next week for the season four finale. finale. I can't believe it. Oh, okay. I'll hold my breath till then. Okay, me too. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. This is Steph. And this is Sheila. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.